Hey, My Mom's Basement listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hello and welcome to My Mom's Basement presented by Barstool Sports and 3G. I am your host, Robbie Fox, along with my co-host, Clem Nito. Does that work? That kind of works. Clem Nito for an X-Men 2000 review, recap, look back. We are going to be rewatching the entire X-Men franchise, or at least movies that we want to rewatch from the X-Men franchise in the lead up to Deadpool 3. We think we're going to get a lot of these characters back in the MCU or maybe in the MCU in the first place. So we're looking back, starting with the original, one of the original superhero movies, honestly. Clem, how are we doing? We're doing good. This is my realm. I'm looking forward to this portion of the mcu coming up so before we move forward we have to go back this was an interesting rewatch there were some things i liked more than i thought there were some things i was like oh that didn't really hold up very well but as the old on the podcast let me just tell you that bob this was like a legitimate thing back in 2000 it was like oh shit we got like a legit superhero you know obviously batman like batman almost feels bigger than superhero sometimes right like he is such a franchise and Superman, I was not even old enough to really know when Superman and uh, what's his name? Christopher, Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve was just crushing. Uh, so this was like, oh, man, this was this is going to be huge. And there's going to be a lot of stuff coming after it. So very interesting to see. I'm very excited to get into my uh, my ex people, if you may. Ex people. Should we call them ex people, Rob? Should we be extra woke right now? And That's like pretty woke. Yeah, I feel like they might get canceled when they make the new X. Why is it not the ex people? Right. There's a couple things where I'm like, I think they're going to get in trouble when they make the new X-Men. I think when they make the new X-Men, this movie kind of reminded me, X-Men might be the most politically charged superhero franchise. And I feel like they're going to make a new X-Men movie in a couple of years and people are going to go, keep the politics out of X-Men. I don't want this getting woke. And it's like, ooh, you don't know what X-Men's about, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that was like one of the big takeaways, just seeing it in person. Obviously, when you... When I think X-Men, I think of all the characters first. When you think of the stories and you're like, it is a lot about persecution and, you know, sep- you know segregation. Oppression, yeah. It is. It's some heavy subject matter. And uh, last I checked, this isn't really the world we're living in. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, everyone, everyone's great. They all live together. Peace and harmony. Kumbaya. It would be nice. I'm also dressed as Magneto when I say that. So. <laughs> 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 <Kinda> fun. <laughs> um, before we get into the movie, speaking of heavy subject matter and whatnot, I didn't have a great morning club. I'm not doing too good right now. I uh, took my dog for a walk first thing in the morning and we spotted uh, another dog juice. I call this dog, my dog boyfriend, faith's boyfriend, because it's same size, very similar look. When they see each other, they go crazy. They jump on each other. They hug. They play like the nicest dogs in the world. So cute. Juice is playing with another dog though. And uh, it was a small dog, small white Shih Tzu. I let my dog, Faith, go up and talk to them, say what's up. 
she's always the nicest dog in the world, the friendliest dog in the world. She immediately started growling at this Shih Tzu and she barked in the Shih Tzu's face. I had to pull my dog away. My dog got cheated on, I think. And uh, it's tough. I, I came home. I tried to comfort her, gave her some treats. We're going to give her doggy ice cream later. But, you know, you never like to walk in on your dog getting cheated on. So I've been there. I've never been cheated on, at least not that I know of, knock on wood. Um, but then how have you been there? Because when we were kids, did you, did you ever have it when you were kids where you would have like a really good friend, maybe even a best friend, but then you'd go and you'd see them at like, you know, a park or something. They're playing with a friend and they're kind of having their thing. You try to get on your the third wheel or yeah. you can't really hang out. And it's like, but you're my, and it, when it's also happening the other way where you and a friend are playing, you see another mm-hmm. friend and it doesn't really mesh well. Uh, so been there, done that. I feel for faith. Um, luckily I think dogs, you could probably just give her like a treat and then she just wags her. Yeah. Tail yeah, and yeah. Happy. So now she's it, happy. Yeah. Tough. We That's got it. We got her an parent. advent calendar. So there's a Christmas themed treat every day and you give her one of those. <laughs> I'll give her that. I got a, my buddy bought me the, um, I won a fantasy oh. football bet against him. I got the Hans Gruber falling off Nakatomi Tower. I saw that. So, that was yeah. incredible. That was amazing. I actually, I had the similar experience to you last week. I took AJ to a uh, trampoline park and just had to burn like some energy out on a Saturday. It's cold out. We can't just have this kid. He'll just be jumping on a couch for an hour rather than jump on trampolines. And we happened, this one, this was extra brutal too, dude, but he didn't realize it because he's a golden retriever in his own way. It was his buddy from preschool who now he's in kindergarten. So it was his, but it was his boy. Saw them at the trampoline park. He saw the sister. I was like, oh, I see his sister. So I say hi to her as we're leaving. Says hi to her. And then I see the mom. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I thought you guys were away this weekend. I'm like, no, no, no. We're going away next weekend. It was his birthday party. So oh. AJ saw his old buddy's birthday party. Who he would have been invited to. He was there for the birthday party, but not for the birthday party. Birthday party. He's like, I want to oh. see him. I want to say hi. I said, sure. So we went up. We said hi. He didn't even, I don't think, notice it was his birthday party. It probably would have gutted him. But, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, it's, and I, I like, it broke my heart for him. It guts you more family, as a parent. Like, yeah. They're family. We've hung out with them. The, the mom knew ECW. She's like, oh, this reminds oh. me of ECW. When we were at that, uh, <laughs> the fair where they had the carnival, where they had the wrestling ring outside. Yeah. And I was like, you know, ECW, that's a good mom right there. <laughs> I think anyone, I, that's a very relatable thing that Faith went through this morning. Yeah. I think we've all been there at some point in life, one way or another. And just, it, it hurts the parents just as much we've learned. Out. It was tough. I just had to get it off my chest. It was tough to see. But you know what? Faith's doing good otherwise. We went through health issues last week. I don't think I mentioned that on the podcast. But now she's like t- fully back to her old self. We got her on steroids. Hell yeah. It's not a UFC plan. You know, she can't fight What's the UFC she's on roids. But yeah, <laughs> she's doing great. So let's get into X-Men. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. This movie was released on July 14th, 2000. Uh, It is one hour and 44 minutes, a brisk one hour and 44 minutes, one minute shorter than the Marvels, the shortest MCU movie, a movie where we were like, it was so rushed. You needed more runtime. 
this movie didn't feel that rushed, to be honest with you. It had a $75 million budget. You could usually double that for marketing, so you could chuck it up to about $150 million. And it grossed $296.3 million. And that's huge for comic book movies at the time. Marvel was in a weird spot. Blade was actually the movie that kind of showed them, like, all right, maybe we got something here. Maybe a Marvel character can you know, have its own movie, maybe its own movie franchise. And it made 21.4 million on opening day. This was the third highest opening day ever at the time behind the Phantom Menace and Jurassic Park. The Lost World made 57.5 million the entire opening weekend, making it at the time the biggest opening for a superhero movie of all time. Batman Forever was the previous a record holder at $52.8 million. Really, really good numbers that Marvel needed at the time and numbers that indicated you got a franchise on your hands here. Marvel, and then it's like, they're just watching it, right? Because they, they sold it to Fox? They sold it, but they had some involvement still. Like Kevin Feige is a producer on this movie, and right. he would eventually, you know, obviously make his way up the ladder, and now he's running shit. So it's like, a half a Marvel production because yes, they sold the rights to the X-Men. That's why it took them so long to come into the MCU Spider-Man, which they had the whole shindig with there. So, yeah. So, and, and I, we talked about this. I think I've talked about it on the blog a bunch and maybe on Twitter. I don't know if I mentioned in the podcast, there's a, uh, a series called icons on earth. And we've, I know we've talked about the, uh, the movies that made us and the toys that made us two Netflix franchises that do a great job summing up different awesome movies that we love and toys that we love, you know, Ninja Turtles, Barbie, whatever you, you may love my little pony. Uh, Home Alone was one of the movies that they teach you. So just so much little fun facts about, they did one icons on earth. They did it. I've talked about the Simpsons one. They did one with the fast and furious bond. Uh, and one of the ones they did a star Wars and then MCU as well. And I'm about halfway through that. And they did talk a lot about how stuff went. And there's so many fun little nuances about how they ended up getting to the point where they had to sell off the stuff, but also how some of these movies was like, oh shit, we could make a cinematic universe out of the heroes we actually didn't pawn off, you know, during bankruptcy or whatever. So very interesting stuff. I check, uh, definitely check it out. I know it's on demand for me. I have direct TV. Um, what were you watching it on, Robbie? I think you can rent it on Amazon Prime. I think yeah. it's one of the ones that made the MCU one. I think it's not free on Amazon prime, but you could rent it. The whole season's not too expensive, but it is worth watching. I loved the star Wars one. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. There's it's a lot of like different voices. And again, if you're a Simpsons fan, that was the first four or so episodes was stuff I've never known. And I've learned, I remember when the Simpsons were being made. So I've been following that forever. Uh, you mentioned Amazon prime. I ended up watching this one on Amazon prime. So I thought they bought the goddamn 20th Century Fox partially so they could just have X-Men on Disney Plus whenever the fuck they wanted and it would get people like us to subscribe. Turns out that is not the case. I don't know if it's in the vault or if it's in some legal fucking no man's land, but it's just not there. And I don't know where else it was. Uh, I think there is an X-Men somewhere in my uh, guest room. I have like my old DVD book. No, DVD, yeah. A feet high that I almost just gave away for nothing. This was kind of a lesson. Keep your physical media. You don't want to be at the whim of some idiot executive who could just change whatever the hell they want. I happen to have my PS5. All they had was the disc version because it was during the shortest. So I said, fuck it. Let me just get the disc version. I don't care. And now I have something to play DVDs for the rest of my life. So that is how I'm going to watch as many of these as I can. But for this one, 
I did watch it. It was, I think, four bucks. I had a $4, I guess, digital credit in my Amazon account. I never would use it otherwise. So uh, that's how I watched it. And I imagine how I might have to watch stuff moving forward if I don't have the DVD. I don't think so. I think some of them are on Disney Plus, which is fucked up. The newer up. ones are, I think. But like the X2 and X3, I don't think they are. I could be wrong. Didn't you start X2 the other week? What did you start that? I had that on, I had that on, um, I think, the DVD. Uh, gotcha. Um, this movie's directed by Brian Singer. Boo, canceled now. So and that was the thing. I saw Brian Singer. I'm like, I know this name. Bad guy. We're going to say bad, bad guy. guy. Bad guy. Bad guy. Bad guy. I'm bad guy. Not welcome in the basement. And here's a fun fact for you. The original X-Men movie is written by David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. Wow. How fucked up is that? He also co-wrote Watchmen. He's written a couple of things here and there. But yeah, the voice of Solid Snake is the writer of this movie. David Hayter. This is like a pretty goddamn important. Is he related to Bill Hayter or something? No, it's it's hater, like not hater. Hey, haters, oh h a y t e r. I see it here. Yes. All right. Solid um, Snake, um, landed the role Captain America in the Spider-Man animated series. Bob, yeah, so, he's a know, big voice actor. There's a there's a lot of interesting stuff about this dude. All right, okay, I'm down. Story with that. story was by singer and Tom DeSanto. Um, interesting story that they went with the like Rogue and Wolverine joining the X Men that was at one point in uh, someone's script from 1994. I'll get to the guy's name later when we talk about the movie. And then something that I think is uh, very worth pointing out, showcasing, highlighting about this movie is its score. I think this movie has one of the best, biggest anthemic superhero scores, great theme for the X-Men. And it was done by the late, great Michael Kamen, who you may know from the Die Hard movies from the Lethal Weapon movies, The Iron Giant, Band of Brothers. He did some Tales from the Crypt. He did a, one of my favorite underrated movies, I would say, Last Action Hero, oh, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. Um, just an all-time legend. They still will use his X-Men theme to this day in you know, the movies that came out since he passed, um, but really, really elevates this movie. And it's one of the things that I feel like makes it like, hey, this is a, this is a movie... Right off the bat, they show you we're taking this very seriously. It's a movie that takes itself very seriously. It's not the goofy Joel Schumacher stuff that you've been getting used to in the 90s. Um, and I think the score really helps. Michael Kamen, obviously a legend from his entire body of work. I didn't realize that. Um, as you say this about uh, Die Hard involved, I mean, I just think of Die Hard. And I always like, I'm like, what is the secret sauce that takes it from like, a movie to a film in my mind. Again, favorite movie of all time. I got the poster in the back there. And it is. It's the score. It's fucking just the little just like there's like a couple times where they just play a couple of keys on the piano. And you're like, oh, that is just fucking perfect. It's the glue. It puts it all together. And this movie, uh, fucking no different, man. Absolute, absolute legend. You said it perfectly, Bob. Um, there were discussions to turn the X-Men into a movie franchise going all the way back to the 1980s. I think 1984 is when they started talking about making an X-Men movie. Kind of grateful that they didn't back then. Like, it'd be <laughs> fascinating to see what it would be like, but I feel like it'd be so campy and weird. James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow, when they were married, were in talks to do it in 1991. They were very interested in the X-Men franchise. They wanted to do it. 
Uh, Gary Goldman, who was behind Total Recall and Big Trouble in Little China, has a story credit on their version of it. And apparently it fell apart when Stan Lee got brought into a meeting and was like, hey, James, what do you think about Spider-Man? And immediately he just dropped the X-Men. He's like, fuck the X-Men. Let's do Spider-Man. So that's how that fell apart. And another one where I'm like, 1991 X-Men? If James Cameron's involved, it'll probably be good in the 90s, if we're being honest. But I think they needed the special effects that would come a little bit later to make it like a, a great movie. Because even the special effects in this movie, some of them hold up great. Some of them look very 2000, very cheesy, very corny. But the ones that do hold up great are the important ones. The Wolverine claws, some of the kills, like that still looks good and it looks serious. Looks like you could take it seriously. The When you said that with James Cameron, I'm thinking it's like the Andy from Toy Story meme where he's like, I'm not playing with you anymore. And the expert yeah. that he's opting for the shiny Buzz Lightyear. Because Spider-Man is like, name-wise, that's a fucking, that's a, a, an icon in itself. The X-Men are a little weird. I'm thinking, again, as an X-Men fan, you're going off the 70s and 80s. It's a very interesting, just style-looking comic. I fell in love with them the the october 91 issue x-men uh one and that's the picture where it's wolverine cyclops psylocke gene gray all of them and they're facing magneto in like the bubble and that was as i learned in i think icons on earth that really took x-men to another level to a whole new generation people like me and i remember going back to the old comics being like this is fucking kind of weird but i liked it too the characters were interesting making a movie off of again the source material from back then probably not going to be as good or it looks a little weird and then the x-men are a team that i think their powers especially translate really well using better techn newer technology and that's why i'm excited about what the emcu can do because i think they'll even jump all the stuff we saw at spock which by the way i didn't realize this brian singer this fucking guy he was the director for like every x-men movie i thought oh, he yeah. just did like the trilogy they just, they're like, if it, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It broke at some point. And they're just like, no, 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 let him keep riding it. And then forget about all the creep shit, which I went to the IMDb and I kept scrolling. Like, oh, man, or the Wikipedia. And I just kept scrolling. This guy had a lot of fucked up shit. And he, I couldn't figure out what he was from. He was usual suspects. That put him on the map, yeah. obviously. Uh, and then he, like, made X-Men a household name and then kind of ruined X-Men. So, again, hopefully it's the last time we mentioned Brian Singer on here. But I thought that was pretty fucking wild. Yeah, and I think he did Bohemian Rhapsody, and Rami Malek like refused to mention him, thank him at all because they got into like big fights on set and shit. You may have to edit out when I say his name for now on Bob because I don't like him either. I, I'll get down with Mister Robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get into the movie. Amazing, amazing opening sequence. You could argue the best sequence in the movie with Magneto and the Holocaust to kick things off, and this is the tone setter. This is like raw, obviously heartbreaking. This is something we've discussed on the podcast before, but I think it's worth bringing up again now. Do you think that ever changes Magneto's origin story? Are mm -hmm. they going to get to a point in 50 years where just timeline wise, it won't make sense for him to be a Holocaust survivor? Will they change the genocide that he was a part of? Will they put him in ice like Captain America and keep him in the Holocaust? I feel like they probably should do something like that, where this is such a perfect origin that tells you a lot of his motivation and what you need to know about him right off the bat. I feel like you should maybe freeze him 
and be like, oh, he just came out of the ice. Or maybe he fought a team of superheroes back then that made it so he couldn't resurrect till 100 years, whatever it may be. I think you got to keep it. Yeah, because he'd be closing in about shit like 90 or so really old and how old he is as a kid to then you know 2023 and x-men ain't coming out in 23 or 24 at this point right so you're gonna have to figure out how you're gonna make that all work the thing is there's no better way to say this man or this mutant or whatever this oh wow i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) we're really gonna have the m word yeah don't use that word around um but going down the road like there's there, there you say there's like no better way to say why he would have no faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. However, let me say this as someone that's been in humanity, you know, was I remember before the internet, after the internet, you just have him just going online and being like, <laughs> lose faith in humanity. I'm not saying to the point where you're in the fucking Holocaust, but lose faith in humanity. And again, there's other genocides, other moments, but this is like a seminal, like, and again, fuck the H man always plays right. Always. Indiana Jones still just punching out Nazis always gets, you know, standing ovation. I just saw Netflix just released another um, colorized world war two history Ooh. thing. And I don't know if it's just the old man in me, but I've always kind of been fascinated by that war. And I'm like, here we go. Let's go watch another fucking like eight hours of like the worst humanity has to offer. So I I'm with you, Bob. I'd like it if they keep it, but if not, you have to have his origin rooted in just showing the worst mankind has to offer, which I mean, honestly, you just go on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. And you can find some pretty awful shit. With yeah, click that for you play. tab. You'll see it real quick. Crazy <laughs> shit keeps coming up on that for you tab. I did. Um, I always appreciate, like I said, though, like with the Eternals and some other stuff, when you do have the real life events, and it's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm a history guy, so seeing real life shit with like with the twist in that universe or mutant stuff or whatever it may be, I appreciated I appreciated the callback. I will say, when you said the opening, I like that. I did not like the, so the credits. Oh, like the CGI. It was a lot cooler in 2000. Let me just They're say flexing. that. They're kind of flexed the technology. You know, yeah. that, that opening credit sequence probably took them eight hours to render on a fucking box type computer. We're using a Gateway 2000. Like, oh, here we go. And I was amazed. <laughs> Not so amazed here 23, 23 years later. <laughs> I feel like they did it a lot better like a year later in Spider-Man. Because the opening credits of that sequence is kind of in the webs. It's very yeah. similar, I think. And I think they did it a lot better there. Um, something I thought while watching this, we've been seeing some X-Men 97 merchandise coming out on shelves lately and stuff. And obviously Magneto in the X-Men cartoon has that long haired, like jacked look. I think he should carry over that look into the MCU. When you bring in a new Magneto to differentiate between Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender, who have that short hair, like classic kind of look. I think you bring in fucking some long silver haired stud to play Magneto. Hmm, long silver haired stud. Do we have I don't any know who that around? could be? <laughs> I don't know who that could be. In the replies or in the comments, give us some Magneto young long haired studs. I'm Josh Brolin just cast Thanos again. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> and you know what? I got someone even better. Chris Pratt. um rogue killing her boyfriend always freaked me the fuck out as a kid when you see the veins in his face from her kissing him and everything 
very very creepy in the comics he is a different name shout out to mt from heavy spoilers for pointing out they changed his name to david in the movie as a shout out to david Hayter, the writer of the movie oh, okay that's nice that's um nice. freaked me out though and anna paquin does a great job as rogue i really like her as rogue yeah anna paquin had had a moment there for a little while i remember she was pretty hot there in hollywood uh i yeah, don't she been doing anything lately i don't know that's a good question I, I, when she Go kissed him eye, i like you could see his like soul leaving his body basically, but I was like, I felt like it could, it should have been. I, I guess you probably can't. Two thousand really, I feel like they you really would like see his like skeleton at some point or really yeah. see some gnarly shit. Um, but the 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 rogue, her like tragedy, her tragic story with her powers is one of I think the coolest dynamics they have. Um, again, a lot of it was in the cartoon that I saw, uh, more so than the comics even, and she just can't touch anybody. It's just fucked, man. Yeah, it's like pushing daisies. Remember that show? Wow, yeah, that was um, Mrs. Clem for a bit there. She was she was going. I loved that show. I loved it. I was way too young to love it. It was weird. I remember my brother like coming down from his room and being like, "You're watching Pushing Daisies before school." I was in like fifth grade. I was like, "Yeah, I love it." Um, (laughs) I mean, the fact Robbie Fox was a stool at the age of twelve was all you. (laughs) And the fact you have turned out to be the opposite of how I think someone like that would turn out is amazing. It's 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 no it's nothing short of incredible. Bro, people call me an old soul, and I always kind of like roll my eyes at it a little bit. But I really had an old soul moment when Gia came around the office doing that trend where she goes, Name a woman. And you got like, you got to think on your feet really quick. I just went, Julie Newmar, who's 90 years old. She played Catwoman in the 1960s Batman series, which I texted my girlfriend about that. I was like, Oh, have you seen that trend? Like the name a woman thing? I thought it was funny to tell her. She's like, yeah, who did you say? I said, Julie Newmar. And she wrote, who is she? All caps. And I was like, she's 90. Wow. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say the same one as me. As soon as you said that, I was like, who would I say? And I said, Julia Roberts. And I'm like, don't tell me. Where oh, I'm we, Julie, Julia, kind of on the same page there. Um, and Rogue eventually hitches a ride up to Canada and everything. When she hitches a ride, that truck driver is the voice of Beast from the X-Men cartoon. Great voice, great, great, like Hurley Husky voice. Yeah, yeah, intelligent has a little intelligence yep. in there too. Uh, I'm man, I fucking love Beast, and that's one thing that in this movie, I, and then um, obviously you get him in the future movies, but I get an OG X Men too. It's fucking. Who's supposed to be in this? They cut him for budgeting reasons. They didn't have the budget to do the Beast costume, CGI, makeup. Nightcrawler also cut from this movie because of that. I, I read that the 70 mil, that 35 million budget was actually less than most studios were given out for like, you know, what what could have been what they which actually had ended up becoming in terms of a, a hit. But the fact that I think it was like, eh, let's let's make sure people want to go see these guys in the theater first. So we lost Beast, we lost Nightcrawler, we get them down the road. I was thinking like, man, Nightcrawler, they could have really fucked that up if they had made that in the 80s. He's one of those guys, him, yeah. even Colossus, they would have looked like that Fantastic Four movie that was shot in like <laughs> fucking Lithuania or something back in the day. They could have really blown that. So I'm almost happy they didn't do that. Another thing that I, I've actually, I've talked about how much I love X-Men. It's the comics, it's the show, obviously these movies as well. The video game, the arcade game mm-hmm. was a big part of why I loved X-Men. And I'm just thinking about how good like some of those characters were they translated onto the screen and obviously uh we saw later in the cartoon here so 
I feel like I'd rather see that version of Colossus than an 80s movie. We're very lucky that they yeah. took their time with him. Also, me and Devlin were talking about this yesterday, the, the arcade game. I wonder how long that campaign, if you want to call it, is. How long would it take to beat that game? That would be a fun stream. You and me trying to beat the X-Men arcade game in one sitting. I think I might have been. It can't be that long. First of all, let me just say, the first and maybe only arcade game I ever beat as a kid was the X-Men game. I hopped in in, like, the last level. I remember and I saw the end of the <laughs> shit. I thought I, like, just became President of the United States, like, the highest honor you could have. Uh, and I, I either beat that or Ninja Turtles over the pandemic, but Pandemic Brain Mush, I don't even know which one it was. That would be a fun. I have it in the house. I have like a thing yeah. that has all the arcade games. If we could figure out how to stream that, that could be a Bob and Clem. Uh, my That'd be really fun. YouTube stream right there. We just go through. We do that. We do the turtles. Turtles, uh, I'd love to do. Turtles was my jam back in the day, especially when they re-released it for like Xbox 360. Me and my brother immediately replayed it. Yep, that's a great one. And then uh, there was there was one more that was like the four player. Uh, Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Simpsons. I, that's what it was. I beat the Simpsons. I definitely beat. The Simpsons. Oh yeah, I remember you talking to me about that. Yeah, yeah. that was a moment. That was a moment in life, right there. So maybe we'll do that on the basement. We got hit fifty thousand. We're not doing this unless we have fifty thousand subscribers. With Bob, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to go on a rant here. Not. I'm not going to give you any fodder to make it look like I'm retiring from the podcast, like you did, which was a great thing. I just have no faith we're ever going to hit 50K. It's just that number. I saw I Jerry was complaining on Twitter that like the algorithm has fucked him out of 300K. I don't know if it's that or we just are not loved enough. So it's like it's I can't tough. be loved anymore. I, I am me. I cannot be any other character than myself. If it's not worth your subscription, I apologize. Yeah, we got we got a couple hundred since the last show, but we're still like 3,000 away. And we got, you know, what, 15 days to go. It's getting dire. It's getting it, dire circumstances here. It always hurts when it's like there's more retweets and likes of it than the actual. Yeah, like, Man, that does hurt. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Um, there, there are a couple fun cameos in this movie like that, though, like the beast one, um, producers, directors, Kevin Feige was supposed to have one as a general that was cut. I really wish it wasn't cut. It would have been great to have a young Kevin Feige screenshot from this movie, you know, like it's like how some of the WWE wrestlers will debut as an extra in like someone's entrance. And then 10 years later, it's like he's CM Punk. And it's like, we have that. Seeing Stone Cold as the ringmaster. And yes. Like, that guy became stupid Stone stuff Cold like that. Yeah. And like Kevin Feige, that nerd general became the guy who made Endgame, <laughs> you know, yeah. allowed that entire saga to blossom into this beautiful fruit. Yeah. It would be amazing. <laughs> uh, I have a note just Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, as good as comic book casting gets. Hugh Jackman is obviously right there with him, but the chemistry and the scenes between these two, it's insane how good they are. Patrick Stewart also, I made a note right away. I'm like, he looks so young. When I was a kid watching this, I was like, he's the oldest man alive. Now I'm looking, I'm like, is he 50 in this movie? What the fuck? Dude, I said the same exact thing. I had to look it up. I'm like, yo, I, I, I think they might have dyed his eyebrows. I have to go back and see what Patrick Stewart was looking like in other movies around this time. Because I was like, is he is he younger than I am right now? Because that made me feel like absolute shit. Because I was like, oh, old ass Professor X over here. Look at him <laughs> yeah. back in 2000. Now I'm like, holy shit. He was 60 at the time. I had to look it up. Which That's means crazy. 83 today. And I'm not going to lie, Bob. I lost count. Again, around the pandemic, we were losing a lot of fucking beloved people. Like, did we lose Patrick Stewart or is he still around? <laughs> and I was so happy when when I go to Wikipedia and I see is instead of was yeah. an actor, I'm like, oh, he still got Sir Patrick. <laughs> uh, man, I, I guess he's an English actor. Nonetheless, though, 60 at the time, 
brown eyebrows, has life in his body, real life. Yeah. It's very great to see in the um the, like the screen for the movie, like the uh when you load it up on Prime, there's a picture of Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. He was a little pudgy in this in the picture. He's pudgy, he's younger looking. It is kind of crazy to see a lot of these people, especially Jackman, see him then compared to now. And it's like he's a fucking I mean, even in the mom. later Wolverine movies, yeah, he went and got the most shredded any human being has ever gotten ever. He wasn't the original choice to play Wolverine, though, actually. The studio at one point in the 90s, I think, considered Glenn Danzig, the founder of the Misfits to play Wolverine, which is the weirdest casting choice I could ever think of. And eventually one guy was cast. I think uh, Gerard Butler, I believe turned it down. Didn't want to do it. Then they cast the villain from mission impossible Two, And because of his commitments to mission impossible Two, he had to back out of the role leading Hugh Jackman to get a call like nine ma- nine months after he auditioned. And they were like, Hey, remember that X-Men movie? Like you want to do it? And he did it big controversy at the time because he was over six feet tall and comic book fans were like, but Wolverine has to be five feet tall. Ridiculous looking back at, because obviously he is the perfect Wolverine. He's the perfect Wolverine. He's also, I think he was like a no name at the time, right? Like this was his I think first. He was. Yeah. I don't think he was at least like, he wasn't like people didn't love Hugh Jackman like they do now. Yeah. And again, X-Men guy back then. And I think, 90% of X-Men people, it's like, Wolverine, I'm an X-Men fan, Wolverine's my fucking guy. Like, that's just how it's yeah. going. You, you kind of go, I love Barstool, Dave, Dave's my guy. Like, that's how, just how it's been. Yeah. But there is, like, in the comic book, sometimes you know, like, they play up Wolverine's, like, height. Sometimes you forget that he's that, because he's such a crazy motherfucker and stuff. I imagine the short people were not happy about that. You know, that's our yeah, role. Like that's the short king away from us. It's like our short king away from us. I have this list of potential Wolverine candidates. I don't know how much of them is like they were written down as a, you know, we'd love to have or how much actually read for it or even had an offer thrown out. But I had Russell Crowe, Mel Gibson, uh, Van Damme, Viggo Mortensen, Edward Norton, who's like seven feet tall, Keanu Reeves and Gary Sinise. Which Keanu Reeves as Wolverine is just a complete mind fuck for such a chill guy. Whoa, Claus. <laughs> What's up, bub? Let's go Um, tell you what, speaking hey, of other other candidates, Michael Jackson wanted to play Xavier and openly campaigned for it. He was like, I would love to play Xavier in the X-Men no, movie. Do it in the Michael Jackson voice, please. I can't do a Michael. Da- I would love to play. I don't even know. Does he just have a high pitched voice? We do. I would, I would love to play Xavier in the X Men movies. Is that a Michael Jackson voice? Kind of. Try. That's a good try. Okay. Listen, listen. <laughs> this is about bigger than that. That's your Mickey Mouse voice. But yeah, Marvel apparently small. never even considered it. They were like, yeah, we didn't. We didn't even think about doing that. I would really love to play Professor Xavier. He's just, I, I've been persecuted in my life, and I'd love to be someone else that tries to, you know, fight for the little guy out there. Is that it's not bad. Miss Minutes bled in there at some point, but it's not bad. <laughs> I'm going to work on my, a like, little that. southern at some point, I think. I'm wearing, I can't be wearing the Magneto helmet no. and doing Charles you did 30 minutes as Charles Magneto. Xavier. There's just too many lines being crossed on that one there. So, yeah. I, I also don't want to, like, I don't want to actually have like a good Michael Jackson voice because it's like we were no. past that. The Simpsons uh, episode got taken down. I even had a Funko Pop of him from I think it was Beat It. I I just threw it in the the toy room. I'm like I can't even look at this. It's not even on the shelf with all the other ones. Probably well, it should be with the kids. Should be with the 
Yeah, it shouldn't be with the kids. <laughs> with the Brian Singer Funko Pop in the garbage. Is yeah, yikes, yeah. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. I love... Can I I give a a quick fun fact about the mansion? Yeah, give me a fun fact about the mansion. I I love the mansion. No, I got no fun facts about the mansion. So first of all, it's in Westchester, New York. And Westchester County, I'm literally, I'm the next town up, basically, from Westchester County. So it always had a a, a good place in my heart. I imagine if it existed in real life, it would be a 15-minute drive, 20-minute drive from my house, which I love. This mansion in the movie served as the same mansion as the Madison Mansion and Billy Madison. And that made my day. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. I love all of the set design in this movie. The set design, the locations they chose, the mansion, Cerebro, the entire like hallway to lead into Cerebro, all of that stuff. A plus. I even love the costuming and the, all the costume design, which was another thing about this movie at the time people hated. People were like, put them in the fucking yellow and blue. What are you doing? But they felt like to do a more realistic, grounded take on the X-Men, put them in the black and orange. And that was like my Halloween costume when I was five. I, I absolutely loved the black and orange. Do you like the suits? So I, I was probably one of those people who was very bummed out when they did not use the suits. At the same point, like even when you see the uh, picture of Hugh Jackman in Deadpool 3, it's, it's, it is a preposterous look. It looks less preposterous in the comics, but when you just take a step back, the only person I know who ever has driven a yellow truck is, is Uncle Chaps. He <laughs> admittedly has a crazy person brain. So it's like, I can't, like, I can't just be like these superheroes who are supposed to be cool and badass are going to dress in the, you know, this crazy spandex. Again, the only person who would probably dress like that at Barstool is probably Uncle Chaps. Love the guy, but it's like different, different kind of human altogether. So I guess these guys aren't humans though. So maybe I'm the one Mutants, yeah. crazy for not thinking that, but even the line where there's, they're like, Wolverine, uh, Cyclops says to Wolverine, he's like, what would you want? Yellow spandex? Like, that was a great yeah. line. And you're like, yeah, that would be absurd. Oh, wait a second. So I was definitely one of the people who was mad Who was mad about it back then. I'll probably be one of the people mad about it if they don't make their costumes comic book accurate in the next movies. <laughs> but looking back, it was probably the right decision. It was a little, like, vanilla, I think. Like, now looking back, everything's a little muted. But again, I don't think this was the kind of movie they were trying to swing and hit a homer. I think they were just trying to hit a stand-up double. Yeah, and this this Wolverine, it feels like he would be like, what the fuck? Like, it feels like he needs a black leather suit, like, to match his motorcycle jacket or whatever. Kicking and screaming to get him in that outfit, you would have to do yes. that, right? Yeah. Um, I love his cage fighter intro, like that rules when he just is beating the shit out of someone with his adamantium claws and everything. I wrote shockingly great effects on his claws when they show him coming through his skin, retracting back. I thought that all looked good. I love the scene in the car with Rogue where they're just talking back and forth, kind of learning a little bit about each other. And then he gets yeeted out of that car. He goes a hundred feet out that windshield crazy and the saber tooth fight that follows is ridiculous it kind of reminds me of like the lou ferrigno incredible hulk in a couple ways <laughs> where it's like it's so like slow motion shots of him jumping and you could tell there's wire work going on the ray parks toad 
ridiculous, but he really works for this movie. He was actually one of those characters where they made him kind of more badass and cool in the movie than he ever was in the comics. So after this movie, they just started rewriting all of the comics for Toad to be basically Ray Park, who famously played Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace. He has a moment in this movie where he grabs a fucking pole and he spins it like he's Darth Maul. And it's like they wink at the audience being like, remember that guy? I I had the note in there because I wanted to just like, I'm, I'm sure Robbie Fox to this day probably gets like butterflies in his stomach yeah. getting a little Darth Maul. And it's like, and they, they killed that fucking guy. He was so goddamn cool. Like they didn't have to kill, you don't have to kill your villains at the end. They of the kill movie. him. They, they kill him and they kill him in this Ray Park. Just he, he can't get cast in a movie without dying. Apparently he's uh who, bean the guy who played ned stark like he dies in like yeah percent of the movies he's in sean bean is it sean bean yes, yes yeah uh so the wolverine wolverine stuff the best part about wolverine is kind of just like his personality he's like an asshole but he kind of like he's just for coming from a fucked up place and whatever i got the the cage scene I did have a little bit of uh, Bone Crusher Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. First two. Kind of <laughs> bone Saw? Bone Saw is ready. I love like the little thing where he's just breaking hands because his fucking, he has the adamantium claws. Uh, the the claws were good. I think the claws were like, had to be top three most important yeah. of this movie. You can't fuck up Wolverine in general, let alone the claws. You, you don't put him in the yellow spandex. All right. Even like the brown, which I think is good too. Okay. You gotta fucking nail. Even the Wolverine, the mask he has, that doesn't really make sense. Like you'd be no. like Vinci with the dunce cap. You'd just be hitting. Which by the apparently way. he's gonna wear in Deadpool 3. That's the rumors that he will have the mask. He will have the mask? Yeah. Seeing Mincy hit every single door frame with that dunce cap was the most <laughs> Mincy thing. He had and nine I, door frames. He didn't adjust once. Not one. Yeah. Time. And Wolverine, that's the thing. Actually, as I'm saying this, Wolverine is the short king. He doesn't even go near the toilet door frame. <laughs> so that kind of makes that makes perfect sense. I this was a, a fun fact I read about. I think it was Hugh Jackson's Wikipedia. Uh and again, some of this shit I think they just make up and being like, no one's gonna cross reference this. I don't know if it's true or not. It says he took ice cold showers every morning at 5 a.m. So he'd just be up for the day, fucking pissed. So you'd be like Wolverine, huh. you have that demeanor about you, right? And he said yeah. he was uh dirty harris clint eastwood he said mel gibson and mad max and mike tyson before fights to kind of get in that wolverine mindset and i'm like okay i can I, I i can see that that's good and this is something hugh jackman is probably like holy shit this role can turn me into what he is 23 years later right he's i could see someone doing something like this being like i gotta fucking do this i gotta nail this yeah. role and i mean that's one way because like he is wolverine i will say the studio has told us many times he is Wolverine. We yeah. need to put anyone else in that role, no matter what, no matter what the time setting is. So he's Wolverine. So good, good work on him. It's going to feel very weird the day he is not Wolverine, right? Yeah. And we thought we like got to that day with Logan, but they're like, nope, we yanked him back like a yo-yo. Um, but I am still excited to see him play Wolverine and this new version of Wolverine. If it is a new version of him, the yellow suit and all that. I also love that fun fact about Iron Mike Tyson. I want like a shirt that looks like an Iron Mike shirt that's just like Adamantium Logan, like a fighter <laughs> shirt, something like that, heavyweight fighter shirt. Um, I also, like I said, interesting story. They chose Wolverine joining the X-Men. He wasn't an original X-Men in the comics. He actually wasn't. Um, but for me growing up, 
like this team of X-Men that they chose, what were my X-Men? They were my original X-Men. I didn't know anything prior. Um, and a lot of things in this movie are established that don't really need explaining and they don't explain it. Like the relationship between Cyclops and Jean Grey, like that, you understand like that. And I feel like movies nowadays would spend too much time when they would give them a full scene where they talk about their love and their relationship and shit like that. Doesn't feel rushed. Um, it was Andrew Kevin Walker who wrote a draft in 1994 that also featured Xavier recruiting Logan into the X-Men that apparently this was similar to. Also, I love that it's team versus team right away and you get Magneto's yeah. evil lair and like they're, you know, fixing the machine or creating the machine to mutate people. Senator Kelly is a great shit eating villain where he's a kind of a villain, kind of not by the end of the movie understands the, the errors of his ways for being, very anti-mutant is what's what mutinist is that the racist word for mutants he's a dickish white is what i would call him. he's a dickish white he's a dickish white he's causing problems i don't did they use wasp in the movie i had it on close caption i don't know if it was this or another thing i was watching where they called him a wasp and i was like yeah, they might have yeah wasp kind of guy the guy plays the role very well he doesn't need to even play the role his face does it all for him Right. And his face gets all stretched the way that that looks when he comes out of the bars. That was some 2000 CGI. So I'm serious. And they're like, and you have to understand back in the day, like, we got this. Like, we don't have the Terminator <laughs> yeah. 2 like, guy on set and for the money. But we'll we'll do enough there. Uh, I made the mistake, or not even the mistake. It wasn't really my fault. They just came down. The kids came down and wanted to, like, they didn't even want to watch it, which I thought was kind of bummed me out. But they just watched it. And uh, AJ saw when the senator died. And oh. he was petrified i think he oh, said he had no. a nightmare that night and it is a pretty fucking like haunting scene even as an adult to watch it i couldn't imagine watching it through the lens of a five-year-old's kid's eyes but that was whew, that was a bad parent to move by me i'm just gonna yeah. go ahead and say it i'll put it on the podcast right now Sabretooth also just ridiculous in this movie with the contacts the the eyebrows fun fact about Sabretooth role originally offered to wrestling's kevin nash he was Super Shredder in the, the Turtles. He was also in Magic Mike. He did a couple movie roles in his life. He turned it down. They gave it to another WCW jobber. Just a random WCW jobber. They wanted a wrestler in that role for the physicality. I think uh, Liev Schreiber was later cast as Sabretooth. Yes. Yeah, he's um, the voice on Hard Knocks, too, which is always a mindfuck. Yeah. And the voice on 24-7 NHL, Road to the Winter Classic, which doesn't exist anymore, but was the best sports documentary series in for my money. I loved it. Um, I, I have yeah, to say, Sabretooth I, is just stupid. I was extremely disappointed with Sabretooth. Like, I think at the time I was, I probably was like, whatever, this is just what it is in the year 2000. Like, I'm not going to cry too much about it. Looking back, you're like, this is even worse than I, I remember. And the fighting. So for two, two other things, I don't think there's not, there's nearly enough fights in all this, considering mm -hmm. they kind of could yada yada a lot of the personal stuff. I wish there was more fights, but then I'm also like, I think more fights would have made me hate the movie more because the fights were not very good. Uh, Toad, I I did not like Toad. I did not like is Toad. Is there any entire... chance we get Toad in Deadpool 3? I'm I thinking about it. Him, like... I hope he is murdered in fucking fashion <laughs> and being like, this is for everyone from 2000. We did it for you, right? Bring Ray Park back too, fucking. <laughs> Just take another. Well, death. that's what I'm thinking. Like, Ray Park is still in great shape. He still looks exactly the same. He might be ridiculous enough to get a Deadpool quip. Like, just yeah. because it's, it's also he has the, one of the worst death scenes. Like, 
I, I think I've brought this up on the podcast before. It's one of the worst lines of dialogue that I've never understood. Storm says, I wrote it down. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? And you're expecting like some cool line to come. And she says, same thing that happens to everyone else. And then she hits him with lightning. Like, wait, what? Did you start that sentence and not know where it was going, Storm? It's very strange. But I do like Storm in this movie. Another casting that they knocked out of the park. Oh yeah, hell, you cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong with that. And this, this was very pretty much my X Men team again. Like you throw Beast on, but it's like Cyclops is the leader. Storm is kind of a. I remember in the comics, it was like, I think it was X-Men and Uncanny X-Men, but I think Cyclops and Storm were the leaders of each faction. It was kind of NWO and the Wolfpack to go back to the wrestling side of things. Which, man, Kevin Nash, I almost want Kevin Nash to be like an older Sabretooth now. He's kind of yeah. like beat up and he's just drinking Canadian beer. I'd love to see him in Deadpool just make an appearance. He could be uh, the silver-haired fox that plays Magneto, too. There we go. Yeah. You know <laughs> we're getting Kevin. We're getting Kevin Nash cast. And I tell you, you... I, I don't know if they've ever met. I'm telling you, Kevin Nash and Ryan Reynolds, I bet would be fucking, they hit it off famously together. So uh, I, I. Oh, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, I don't think I've said it on the podcast. I don't think you have. Ryan Reynolds followed me on Twitter after the last podcast. We did a podcast where I mentioned that I don't think his statement on the Deadpool 3 leaks is necessarily going to help the Deadpool 3 leaks. And in the middle of the night, that night, Ryan Reynolds followed me on Twitter. And he doesn't follow that many people. I think he follows like maybe 1,500 people and he has 21 million followers or some shit like that. I didn't tag him any, 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 in any tweets. I didn't, nobody tagged him in my tweet. So I don't know how he found it, but we got to figure out how to parlay that into getting Deadpool in the basement or us on the Deadpool red carpet, something like that. All right. Or like, or get Kevin. It's like if we were selfless, we would get Kevin Nash on a project. <laughs> no, fuck that. We're not doing that because Kevin Nash has had enough good stuff in his life. That this yeah. is going back to the basement. My guy Bob, get him, get him the red carpet cameo just in the background somewhere. Ryan, yeah. we could so be in the void. I, is there anyone who has just like crushed life? And like, I think there was a point where people were like a little jealous of him or like, oh, he's just the same character, this and that. And it's like, nope, just gets married to Blake Lively, seems to have a very healthy, like personal relationship, seems to have everyone like him. And just every time it's like, sells this for a billion dollars, makes a billion dollars doing that. I mean, just crushing fucking life. And he follows my guy, Bob. What a fucking win. What a win. I Twitter back in the day. If you got followed by a celebrity, it was like, I remember when Porzingis followed him, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. He's lost a little of the charm. Ryan Reynolds supersedes all that, though. He is fucking, and like you said, only 1,500. That's like, that's a little, he might have pressed the button himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every every time I tweet now, I'm like, oh, Ryan Reynolds might see this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's always very interesting when you're worried about what the person's going to see and think of it. <laughs> Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. This is yeah. becoming a Kevin Nash podcast. Slowly. Which I love. Big Sexy. I, Big I, Diesel. I feel like Kevin Nash, there is a non-zero chance Kevin Nash comes into the basement one day. And I, he yeah. has a podcast, doesn't he? 
He does. He has a Click podcast. This, I think. Click and he's this, like a good dude. Podcast. Like he like goes out. Oh, yeah. Like, he tries to help people. He like has become the click back in the day. Again, I as an old, I remember when the click was making their news back in the day. They weren't exactly the guys you'd want to no. be. You know, <laughs> they didn't be like the best of people. And I'm not saying I'm not going to lump everyone. You know, the 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 company you keep. Us barstool people were probably seen as the devil by some people on the internet, right? Tell you um, what, to loop this back to X Men, the the click would be making statements like. What do they call you? Wheels? <laughs> Hat line by Logan. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Apparently in the script it was said Baldy and he like ad-libbed that. Really? Yeah. And they kept it, which again, I don't know if either of those fucking play again. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. This is just the time we're living right now. You can't say wheels in 2023. You it's can't make that joke. That made work. me gasp. But like, if we're all being honest with each other, it made me laugh. It was, it was funny. very funny. It, it was very was funny in the moment. And look, Wolverine. That's the thing. This new MCU again, I'm maybe preferably in Deadpool because it's going to have the R rating. I would like my Wolverine to be gruff, to be fucking smoking his stogies mm-hmm. down to the fucking tip and just like looking like he woke up from an all night bender. I'm not sure we're going to get it, but I would like to see it. I'd like a couple jokes that are maybe a little off color. I'm not saying we're mm-hmm. going to be, you know, rude or have any kind of ists about it, but I would like a fucking fucked up. I'd like a little Wolverine that's rough around the edges. I guess yeah. you could also go crazy. And this is a multiverse Wolverine. And he's fucking all nice and, and prissy. I don't think that's going to happen though with Ryan Reynolds, his brain involved in all this kind of speaking of that though, the, the casting decision, what do you think about, how do you think Cyclone Cyclops holds up with our boy, James Marsden from uh did you watch jury duty? Yeah. I love jury duty. One of the best shows of the year. I always loved Cyclops. I always thought he was like one of the coolest heroes. He's always my favorite action figure, my favorite X-Men growing up. I just thought he was awesome. Maybe the glasses thing played a factor. Mm. I know from growing up on the internet that people always just call them like a whiny bitch in these movies. In X-Men 1, he kind of is, if we're being honest. Like, I I still love him. I think James Marsden does a good job with like the role that he was written to play. But he's kind of just like they kind of treat him like the the dick boyfriend of like Jean Grey, where Wolverine's obviously your protagonist and main character in this movie. Like you're rooting for him. So you have an urge to like, if Wolverine wants to get with Jean Grey, I kind of want him to get with Jean Grey. Like, you know, yeah. it's, he's kind of just the, the boyfriend in this movie. He, he, he's, he was just written to have no fucking chance. And yeah, my wife has actually said, she goes, he, He's a pansy in those movies. Oh, a pansy. <laughs> stop, stop. I don't know if you can call a pansy in twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I hope she doesn't get canceled for that lot. But <laughs> it is like, and he plays actually that role, kind of like the overprotective dickish boyfriend. It's also like there is just some dude that's kind of like trying to fuck his girlfriend. It's yeah, and calling him a dick. The you're a dick uh, line about is this the real Wolverine or not? And then the middle finger claw. I remember those both crushed in the theater. Like, yeah, LOLs. Everyone <laughs> loved it, and it still holds up to this day. He is very aggro towards uh, Scott, which again you do have that dynamic in the comic books a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it it he really can't win, and that's the thing that I hope they 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 do succeed in in the new movies is making Cyclops. I'm not saying he has to be fucking awesome. He is a good fucking leader in he the comic. He could comedy. be awesome. He should be awesome. He should be awesome, and it's yeah. like we need to to right the wrongs. I bet the man who should not be named the director of this movie probably had some fucking kind of like beef with Cyclops 
or some sort of thing. And he wrote James Marsden stole his girl or something. Exactly. Which I mean, shoot, the way James Marsden acts in Jury Duty. If you haven't seen Jury Duty yet, it is a hilarious premise. It's a great show. It's on Prime. Prime too, yeah. And uh I think I, I didn't finish it. I was like, I think I have one or two left. Basically, the premise is there it's these people are going in for jury duty. One guy, it's kind of like Joe Millionaire if, if, for the people that are Joe Schmo. Is that what it is? Joe Schmo? Joe Schmo, yeah. And basically, you uh, everyone is a, is an actor except for one guy who has no idea that he's basically – they're acting like this is all real life, a jury duty, and just crazy shit happens, and he has no clue. And James Marsden plays himself in the in the thing as an actor because I think it's in L.A. It's all shot too. Yeah. So it gives it the whole realism thing, and it is just incredible. But – and James Marsden, I forget, like, he had fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. He has obviously mm-hmm. the X-Men movies. He has some fucking heavy hitters in his fucking catalog there. So I wish he had done better. I'm telling you right now, though, when we watch all these things with him, I, the pansy meter. Let's have this cycle. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right now. What would you say it's at for X Men One? Where do you think we'll, he is here? We'll go ball scale. Ball one scale, to five. Maybe. I'll say right now he's at a, a three point five. It's not like crazy right now, but I it's a little more than average. Yes, it's like why you trigger, bro? Why you so why you yeah. so upset? Like it's. He's not wrong again, but he does have some pansy. I, I'm right with you. 3.5. What's that line he has at, at Logan where he's like, she wouldn't be my girl if I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great love triangle, though, especially for like the school movie dynamic and everything. If they're the, the older people going through that. I like it. Yeah. I like the love I, triangle. Me, speaking of his girlfriend and Jean Grey in general, Fonky Johnson. I mean, see how I threw the fucking, I got the European accents on there. I made sure in case she's listening, I did. I said, (laughs) I don't know if you could be a subtle smoke show, but she's like the most subtle, absolute fucking rocket smoke. Like sometimes when you like Rebecca Romaine's when she's in the movie, uh, the makeup, you just like mystique. Yeah. Gasp. Fonky Johnson in this movie, in, uh, in rounders where she kind of plays like, you know, Mike's buddy and the fact he doesn't even like make a pastor when she's kind of laying the lay it on pretty thick for him. And in golden eye, when she plays the chick with the thighs that can crush you, which is like a whole other fucking, I have to do a podcast just about those scenes. <laughs> oh my God. Just, and like, like if you, if I saw Funkin' Johnson on the street, I would fucking just like melt like uh, the Senator does. But yeah. in, the movie, like, in this movie, she just is so muted or whatever, but she still is just absolutely smoking hot. And I don't know. I just have, I've always had a little bit of a thing for Jean Grey and it does not stop with Fomke Johnson playing her there. I can't believe I've just kept up this Fomke Johnson (laughs) uh, accent thing as long as I did, because I've never said it in my life before. I say her name like a normal idiot New Yorker most of the time. Um, There's a great subtle Stanley cameo in this movie. No lines. Just, you see him on the beach as the Senator's coming back. I thought that was cool. Um, Goofy ass scene with Wolverine stealing cyclops's motorcycle the way they shot that was like just so 2000s and right? weird yeah. I, I remember at the time thinking that was pretty cool and then i watched i'm like that wasn't cool at all it's they did like the mounted cool. camera where he doesn't move but his background's yeah it's just yeah. not good and then there's not a it's not a great scene with him and rogue on the train he's trying to stop her from leave it's just the the movie hits a little snag there magneto saves it pretty quickly when he comes into the train station and starts fucking shit up when he bends Wolverine's claws to kind of extend and stuff that looks nasty and then he just murks a bunch of cops and he does the thing where he shoots the bullet into the cop's forehead but he stops it like on his forehead 
great, great scene where Ian McKellen just gets to be like the big fucking badass that he is also kind of accentuates how stupid Toad and Sabretooth are. <laughs> and they're like next to him being the most awesome. Like he's like given like a Shakespearean performance in front of that. And fucking Toad is like, remember Darth Maul? <laughs> <laughs> like Toad, uh, Toad actually is not above this. Sabretooth is above just being he the henchman next to Magneto. Yeah. And, uh, but it does play out perfectly because you have Xavier in the car. He then takes over Sabretooth, has, mm -hmm. you know, starts choking him. And obviously Magneto, he learns, has the, the, the helmet that prevents him from doing that. But the, the Charles Magneto dynamic is so fucking cool. And that is one thing that I think kind of gets glossed over. I think that gets lost in the movie. I would have rather maybe had a little bit more of that about their yeah. relationship. Like you do learn, oh, he helped me build Cerebro. You do learn and X-Men fans know that going in about their, their history together. But I think a lot of people who this is their first experience would have no clue. And obviously they do stuff different in the other movies. Uh, but that is one thing. But that entire scene where he's like, Charles, I don't know if I can be able to control all these if I shoot again, right? And yep. seeing the fucking, the, the bullet going into the guy's head is one of those scenes that has like stayed with me. I'm like, that was a fucking gnarly scene. So metal, metal definitely confirmed metal. The Another metal, no pun intended. When Wolverine puts the claws through Rogue, I forgot. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, he almost kills her, then she almost kills him. That's yeah. an intense scene. And the fact that she uses his healing power to then heal herself, I always thought was very cool. I think Rogue's powers in general, where she can then take her take the stuff. And then um, they say it later in the, the um, at the end of the movie, where she takes Wolverine's powers. And she's like, yeah, she's taking on some of your other charming like personalities. Nancy <laughs> yeah. Rogue's being like, shut the fuck up, smoking a cigar. <laughs> being an absolute asshole to everyone because she has Wolverine stuff. So it's a great twist, too. And on the train, he's like, What do you want with me? And he's like, With you? You think I want you? He's like, No, great twist. The whole movie, you think they're after Wolverine as they should be. He's the fucking man. It's like, no. They're after Rogue because they need her powers for the fucking mutation device. Yes, I love that twist. And I, I had forgotten about how just how much it is really about Rogue. That is one of my favorite parts of this movie um, is, is is the twist and, and all that stuff. Because you do think they're going for Wolverine the entire time. The whole thing with Magneto, too. It almost feels like this, the, the, the what's the word? His like plan, I guess, where turning people into mutants almost could have been like part two. Where it's like yeah. really you give a, a, a movie and a half to really build up the humans and their hatred of the mutants. And it's like, all right, now I'm going to show you guys what are you going to do when everyone's a fucking mutant now? Um, they kind of like fast forward it here just to get it done. They're probably like, this might be the only fucking X-Men movie yeah. we ever get. But I did appreciate that because it's like if you're if you're racist, if you're misogynist, if you're basically anything in the world and the next morning you wake up as that person, are you less of a person? It just really does make you kind of fuck with your mind a little bit as it should. So uh, I, I did appreciate that. Man, people are going to be so mad when X-Men comes out. It's going to be like when <laughs> yeah. this machine does some, says something yes. and they get mad at the singer. What the fuck? Why are you singing about politics all of a sudden? <laughs> you think the machine is guys come on one time oh it's gonna oh i'm now i'm like dreading it now too i'm like oh it's gonna be i so know annoying. it's gonna be it's gonna be annoying yeah oh, maybe it'll come at the perfect time maybe the x-men can actually unite the world maybe that's what we need is the x-men to like to show people yeah um we get the original statue of liberty final battle before no way home which actually released on this day two years ago um we get one in x-men one i wonder if we'll get a little quip about this in deadpool three if they go back to the statue of liberty he's like we're not fucking doing that again i could see a ryan reynolds quip about that 
I love how it's always New York, man. Even going back to these, yeah. New York is just getting shit on the insurance premium. <laughs> you spent the whole movie in Canada, and they're like, let's go back to the city for the final act. <laughs> you go back to Tatooine, right? It's like, you got to go back to New York City, uh, <laughs> like destroy a monument or whatever. I love that they use the Statue of Liberty, though. Like, I thought that was a very cool thing because it's, you know, Liberty and Ellis Island, Liberty Ellis Island. Island. Like we're talking about immigrants. Yeah, yeah it really exactly. works. I, I, yeah, it definitely works. I, I appreciate it. And it also gave me a little bit of pangs for Ghostbusters, too, where they get in the Statue of mm -hmm. Liberty. And it was on well, last night. I was watching it last night. Really? I said that. Yeah. Is there any? There's, it's not Christmassy, right? It's, I think it takes place in. No, it's um, not. There's no any. I was trying to think of There should Christmas. be a, a Christmas Ghostbusters, though. There I mean, should be. Maybe the new one. The new one's supposed to be like the Ice Age or yeah, something. Yeah, it, it but I think it gets cold in the summer, but maybe they somehow throw right. yeah. some Christmas into it. I fucking. I was very disappointed with Ghostbusters. I, Ghostbusters 1 was my favorite movie. Ghostbusters 2 let me down. But that was also the first time I ever heard your love is lifting me higher. And if you can't walk out of the kid, <laughs> you're, you're fucking hopeless. Uh, but the. I did like the whole uh, imagery they used, I guess, in all this. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. As a big X-Men fan, lifelong X-Men fan, does the Quinjet live up to the hype? They give it kind of a Batwing-esque scene where they're they're trying to show it off a little bit. Yeah. Watching it back, I thought it was super cool as a kid. Watching back, I was like, eh. That, eh, is the perfect. That, you nailed it, Bob. You got it. That, yeah. that fucking like two-letter review of it especially when it had its time in the cartoons and you're like, Oh shit. And listen, yeah. I, I understand. I'm going to like, maybe I'm just being extra nice on this because it is 23 years ago. And I don't know. I, I mentioned secret invasion yesterday. So that got put back into my brain. So I, agree. <laughs> I things, can blog, be, yeah. <laughs> things can be worse <laughs> when it's all said and done. But like, I appreciate that they did the little things. Like if they could track this or they can find this, like they deserve <laughs> it. Like they're kind of building it up without building it up. Uh, so I was like, eh, like it is what it is. It does not feel like a very special jet at all. No, you know, what was interesting to me is I thought it, it was cooler to see them strapped in together in the suits inside the Quinjet than it was yeah. to see the actual Quinjet, you know, yeah. seeing Wolverine like strapped up and ready to go. It's like, oh shit. Like we're about to go to war here. And the third act is good. It's cheesy in a lot of parts. When they go into the fucking gift shop, and the mystique eyes are on the Statue of Liberty. Oh. It's like, who the fuck thought that was a good idea? That's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's a Scooby-Doo-ass moment. But it, like, it kind of works, too. Like, <laughs> kind of. It's, so, it's but so goofy. But like, I would love to hear. This is what I was thinking. I'm right there with you, Bob. Trust me. And I'm like, do you think she posed it to Magneto or Magneto posed it? <laughs> hey, let's have, let's have Mystique act uh, dressed up as the Statue of Liberty or morphed into the Statue of Liberty in case anyone comes in. And if no one comes in, <laughs> he's just sitting there, standing for fucking like three hours. <laughs> Her arm must have been barking by the end of that. And I don't care yeah. what shape she is. Your arm has to hurt if you're having fucking imposed for fucking like five hours potentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was legitimately crazy. And a lot of the scenes in the Statue of Liberty with Toad, that's where I'm like, fuck this guy. Fuck him. Dude, the wire work is crazy on oh, him in these scenes. Like, crazy. it's so obvious. He, he's hanging like Mission Impossible style from the seats. Like, and they try to hide it with his tongue. You could tell they just put like his tongue effect over where the wire was. It doesn't really work. Um, but they do the Wolverine versus Wolverine fight, which is pretty cool. Like yep. Mystique as Wolverine. That was the one that Kehi Kwan or Kihu Kwan helped choreograph. Oh, um, okay. Nice. Back when he worked on this movie. 
I appreciate the his claws rip her claws apart because his mm-hmm. adamantium and she lets out the scream. I'm also like she should be scre- like her body just got ripped. I know, like nerves or something, nerve she endings. Like, yeah, everything and just. But I guess like it's a comic movie. Everything would just if it happened to any of this happened to any of us, we would be dead. Like if Wolverine crushed my hand with his fist, I'd be like I would just die. I would just die. What's what's Mystique's name, real name again? Rebecca. Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca Romaine, shout out to her for sitting in the makeup chair for like seven hours every day to make this. And I was one of the funniest move, things the back in the like again. This is the uber fucking uh, like testosterone driven two thousands nineties whatever. It's like you're taking Rebecca Romaine Stamos and you're hiding that beautiful woman behind all that you know plastic and paint. Uh, and I think she's married to Jerry O'Connell still. So uh, that's, really, hey, you didn't know that. So no, she was known for years. I mean, she became Rebecca Romaine Stamos. It was just part of her name. Her and John Stamos Whoa, were together. Divorced. And, now, and Jerry O'Connell, I mean, truly, I think I just saw him bragging about his wife on pardon my take. He's talking yeah, about mystique. It was, it was uh, yeah, he's like still married to a supermodel. I, there was, I he was like, Google it. it. <laughs> and, and it's just like, Jerry's Jerry, Jerry O'Connell, just like such like a he, he's like the sweetest fucking school yeah. I've ever met in my life, and most of those reside in the basement. He might even be a closet basement guy for all I know. But I just I'm so happy for him. I saw him at the uh, Live Dozen show in LA we did a few years ago, and he was like just had the biggest grin on the face. He was just so happy to be around everyone. It was just I'm not talking like the bar school people. He was just happy just to be in a crowd of other bar school people. We were just having the dozen playing the game. So if anyone can be uh, married to Rebecca Romero. I'm happy it's him, man. It's awesome. Yeah, good for him. The third act overall, pretty good, I would say. You get a lot of good moments. A lot of X-Men, you know, get to show their individual powers, get to shine. You get the uh, Toad Splat, which came with his action figure back in the day. I remember they gave gave you a little slime, a little ooze, and uh, Cyclops gets to turn down his little reverse Lobot fucking thing and (laughs) hit it right off her thing. Um, neat little origin for Rogue's white hair that they give you. I like, I like that. that. She's freaking her hair. It's good. Mystique eyes on the senator at the end when they're watching the news. That is so ridiculous because you think, like, did nobody else notice that just the X-Men were like, oh, look at those yellow eyes. Imagine if nowadays a politician walked out of a courtroom and their eyes turned fucking glowing yellow for a second. It would be on every single Alex Jones fucking conspiracy theory <laughs> under the sun, broken down frame by frame. Um, and then the final scene with Xavier and Char or not Xavier and Charles, Charles Xavier and Magneto in the prison playing chess. And they've got the it's not the metal prison, it's the plastic prison for him and everything. All time comic book scene. Mm-hmm. Perfect dialogue, perfect symbolism with them playing chess and the perfect setup of a whole franchise, the perfect culmination of the score, the set design. This is a 10 out of 10 flawless ending in my eyes. Obviously, no post-credit scene because we haven't gotten there in the MCU yet, but you don't need it. This almost serves as a post-credit scene where this is the tease. Yeah. This is the, we got another villain and he's got this Joker card. They're like, we're going to be at this forever. Amazing, amazing. Probably my favorite scene in the movie, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's that and like the the police stuff for me. Those And it's when they're together, basically. Whenever yeah. they're together, it just plays. And the entire dichotomy of the two of them, I think I used dichotomy right. And that you did right there. Uh, it was it was awesome. The lack of metal. And you're like, how is he? How is he going to get out of this one? Right. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find and out. And the way they use him in X2, like we'll get to that when we do an X2 yeah. pod. But the way they kind of flip him and turn him face for a little bit, like 
it really feels like even if they didn't plan it out, it feels like they at least planned out the first two because they they it bleeds into X2 so well. And X2 is one of my favorite comic book movies ever. I think it holds up so much more than this one even. So I'm excited to get into that one eventually too. So I have a fun fact about that chess scene. And I don't know if it's true or not. And I don't know if this is going to hurt your level of it, your level of enjoyment of it. Should I tell it to you? You're going to be all right with it, Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you could hurt my level of enjoyment for this. I, I cannot believe this is true. But it says it on the internet. So it must be true, right? Neither Sir Patrick Stewart nor Sir Ian McKellen knew how to play chess during filming. A chess master came in to teach them. That's now, funny. No, that, that's surge really in their name. How do you not even yeah. just know the rules of chess? Like, all right, the pawn goes one, the horse goes one, one, one. I don't one, think one. I know all the rules. Like, you know the basic rules, though, do you? Don't you? Kind of. I know the pawn goes one. I know the horse. You go, like, L. up two and over one. Yeah. It's, it's a little... One goes diagonal, but I don't know which one. Like, is it the one with the fucking with the with the weird top with the lip yes. in it? Very good. Yeah, Bob, you know your the bishop. Bishop. Yes. You're what's the one? Bobby what's, Fisher, the one Bobby Fox. Like, what's the one that looks like a tower? Uh, that's the castle. That's the rook. Do you know what he what does? does? That one do? No, I don't know what that it one. Only does. go straight in one direction or the other, so it can go all the way up. How many? How many? All, all the way. All the way. Yeah, this motherfucker can just keep trucking. And then the king and queen can go anywhere they want, diagonal, all the way. Queen is basically your mother. That's your your fucking rocket law. That thing can do anything. Straight, diagonal, as far as you yeah. want. King can only go one spot. Can go, boop, boop. Oh, but he dies. He's the slow guy. Over. So he's Robert like, Baratheon. Yes. Yes. He's just old <laughs> Bobby Bath Baratheon just sitting on his throne, drunken, drunken fat as fuck. But if he's if he dies, like everything's over. So all right, so that's all the pieces, right? So you so know your chest. I, now I know my chess. You know more than Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen did yeah. before they uh, filmed that iconic. Yeah, so I wouldn't be good. I mean, I haven't played a chess game since I don't, I don't even know the last time I played a chess game. I wouldn't be good. I'd I'd get the what's the thing where you beat someone in like four moves? There's like a name for that. I'd get name? that done for me. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I guess I could I could sit at a chessboard and kind of play. You you knew more than they knew at the time, which I find again. I feel like if you're like British, you have to know how to play yeah. chess. I feel like it's like in your like you t- you drink tea and you play chess at some point in your and life. Crumpets, you whatever crumpets yeah, are. You crumpets. You crumpets. <laughs> um. All right, we will be back next week. Are a, we doing? I got a question oh, for right. you. I, yeah. I wrote these down. You don't. If you don't have it, you don't. I, I didn't know if we were doing awards or anything. I wrote MVP and LVP of the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. That going forward. MVP of the movie, I will give to Ian McKellen. In his short scenes as Magneto, he steals the scene every time. So I'll give Ian McKellen MVP, LVP, I'll give Sabretooth. I mean, Toad could be in the same realm, but at least Toad brought that character from like a jester to someone that could do acrobatics. Sabretooth was supposed to be one of Wolverine's like biggest nemesis. Yeah. As kind of a clown in this. I imagine Wolverine people who are already mad about the suit and everything and the six foot two. You then throw Sabretooth to be this fucking weird looking dickhead, right? And I'm yeah. telling you, you don't, if Big Sexy's on set, Kevin Nash ain't letting all this shit fly. He's going to make sure <laughs> they, there's a world where everything happens a lot better if Kevin Nash is on set instead. Yeah, it actually works out perfect because I was kind of between um, the guys you chose and you chose them. So I'll go different. I'll go MVP Wolverine just because like this was the birth of Hugh Jackman becoming Wolverine, a celebrity, all that kind of stuff. And he is kind of like the main character of the movie, I guess. It kind of follows his path, yeah. right? 
Um, and then LVP Toad because he just fucking stunk. Even when he does that weird little dance, and I'm just like, I, I know. I forgot how much I hated that stupid dance. So I'll have him as my my LVP. And then if we were to do a fast food review, I didn't think of this in advance. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like, do I have to go from like a fast food back from like? I know I'm thinking I'm trying to think of a nostalgic fast food. I think I have one in my brain. I have one. I might have, I might've used this before I'm going to go McDonald's big Mac. I don't get the big Mac very often. Um, but I, when I go back to it, it does give me a little nostalgic feel. And also it's pretty ambitious. You're loading a lot of shit into that (laughs) burger, but it works. In the end I eat it and I don't feel amazing afterwards, but I'm like, that was delicious. So yeah, I'll go with big Mac. I like that. I'm gonna go McDonald's hotcakes. So hotcakes. I don't know if I know what hotcakes are. It's just pancakes. I don't know why they call them hotcakes. Oh. I don't know if it's because they're not on a pan. It's like if you notice it, like I think some cheese brands don't put like American cheese on the label. It says like mm-hmm. singles because it's like not enough cheese yeah. or whatever to be considered cheese. I don't know why they call them hotcakes. I imagine some weird McDonald's reasoning for it. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like I remember loving them as a kid. Then I'll have them now and be like, oh, they're all right. But then it's like, oh, no, they were perfectly fine. I don't know why they're only – like McDonald's is, I think, the only one that has pancakes. I could be wrong in terms of fast food places. But pancakes are fucking like the staple of breakfast. Yeah. Um, my kids, they'll fuck, they'll, they'll love uh, pancakes. That's one of their go-tos. So it's like the fact that you go to McDonald's. But there is some things like – I, I got I got it for my kids a few years ago. I remember, and it was the stickiest syrup. Like I remember, just like oh it, yeah, it's it's crazier. It's like stickier than crazy glue, basically. Yeah. And there is some things where it's like there is a couple of hiccups along the way, but it's like absolute uh, foundation franchise, foundation of breakfast, foundation for comics, and uh, hold up pretty well. I think I've had them yeah. again with my kids relatively recently. So um, McDonald's hot cakes for me, McDonald's Big Mac for you. I'm interested to see how this goes going forward. It's fucking there you go. I know old school movie franchise. We'll see. But this was an enjoyable rewatch. I really am glad that we kicked things off with the original X-Men. Obviously, will we do X2 next week or you think a regular pod next week? X2 sometime next month. What are you feeling? Uh, I'm down for whatever I'm down. Uh, the people want to let us know if they want us to go Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Let us know if you want us to go with like a nerd news mailbag episode next week, or we can go right into X2. If you guys want to do your homework, watch X2 with us. I would love that has one of the best opening sequences of any superhero movie ever. They couldn't afford Nightcrawler in this movie. They were like, well, guess what? We're fucking urgent to use him in X2. They, they needed to use him in X2. So I'm excited to dive into that. Let us know in the comments below whether or not you want us to do X2 or Nerd News Podcast. We'll, of course, get to X2 at some point soon. And uh, hopefully everyone is uh, enjoying their holidays, Christmas parties, office Christmas parties. Don't get too drunk at your office Christmas party. Hope nobody got too drunk at the Barstool office Christmas party last night. And we'll see you next week. I think we would have known. Probably would have been on Twitter everywhere. Yeah, we would have known. <laughs> <laughs> and also, let us know your fast food reviews. I want to hear yes. what everyone else has to say. I want to know if we're on the right track with these or if we're way off. So let us know in the comments below. Talk to you next week.